You're listening to the Faith Made Welcome podcast, a progressive podcast of faith where we look at Christianity from a progressive Baptist tradition. This podcast is brought to you by Commonwealth Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. So whoever you are, wherever you are, or whatever you think about faith, you're welcome here. Please let us know what you think about our podcast by subscribing to it or by sharing it with someone who may be looking for a podcast like this. And we would love to hear your feedback. So please leave us a comment or question on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let's get started. Yeah, I borrowed that from you and then I didn't use it at all. That's okay. They're fun to... Do you want paper to write with before I have a notebook. <gasps> you have a notebook. Me too. So I won't give you any of my girly paper. It's totally over there, though. Mm. I got you an extra pen. You just have to make sure the mic cord doesn't catch on fire. In the yeah, that would be good. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh, when the wind blows this way, the fire heats up. Mm-hmm. Are you roasting? I took my jacket off. Roasted Paul. I'm just going to have hot knees. <laughs> hot knees. Do you have a pen? I do. One for you and one for me. Two pens. Two pens. Did you already hit play? I did. Look at you. Look at you. Um, Bonnie's cramming on his notes over there. Yep. Uh, does one of us know the definition of the word Advent before we get going? It's coming. That's what I thought. Yeah. So it has like that. That is for Lonnie to (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. No spoilers. Okay. Yeah. So no stress, Lonnie. We'll just, we'll chat until we feel like we've ran out of things to chat about. Okay. Okay. Do you have a, like, do you have a hard stop time? Um, Making sure we're. Five o'clock. Okay. Yeah. We'll see how much we have to say, right? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. All right. Or 5.30, maybe. Okay. Yeah. It's not really hard. I mean, it's... Yeah. Uh, let me make sure my... By then. Yeah. Dark. I know. Okay. I'm going to make sure my device is on silent. Yeah. And today's the last day of Have our... Have you done that for yours? Today's the last day of our indulgent sunlight at... Oh, yeah. Because we're about to fall we're forward. We're about to fall back. Oh, yes. Fall back. Yeah. Fall forward, Jerry. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <like this. laughs> I'll see you tomorrow, two hours late. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was always a thing. What? Uh, on Sunday morning, when you'd go to church or something, and you'd see people come in an hour late. Was that, was that, would that be spring or fall? So the service started at 9. It would be spring, right? Spring forward? No, no. Because there was always, the, on one of them, you yeah. know, there were a handful of people that always showed up an hour late, and on the other, there was always a handful of people that showed up an hour early. Yeah, I feel like at our church, they always send around, like, some... Yoda meme that's like yeah. spring forward you spring will forward or late to will. church you will be something yeah. like that yeah <laughs> we like I our watched stuff. an episode of Mandalorian yeah so the two yeah. came out yesterday yeah the, the latest the the the, new, the newest the new chapter yeah. nine ah we're still just started streaming yesterday I think. yeah that is the way we're still in that is the way the first season of Mandalorian there's only like eight episodes isn't it I know but we're only like four in yeah so it's good though yeah you watched the first season already yeah. Alrighty, shall we? We shall. We shall. So, normally the way this goes is that I welcome us to another episode of Faith Made Welcome. Uh, and this is the first one I feel a little bit like, um, 
like kids who have been given permission to stay home on Halloween night by themselves, because this is the first episode of Faith Made Welcome that we've recorded without our pastors here. Unless you count the Universal Life Church, I don't think there are any clergy on this. There are not. Yeah, I guess Paul. I don't count technically, I guess, but. Yeah, although Paul is ordained. Friends. The friends don't have pastors, they have. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Paul is ordained enough that he performed wedding rites yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was ordained for a day ah. by the state. <laughs> I did a wedding. To do a wedding, yep. yep. Yeah, so he's, I think he's done Very the same. cool, yeah. We both were ordained as deacons at this same church. This, this, what, is, what does the word ordination mean? What does it mean to be ordained? Because or, ordained, ordinal, you're facing in the direction, you're oriented. Is that the same? It must be the same root. I think Word, it's. Right? I think it's to be recognized and empowered. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's. It's, it's, never it's, a it's, it's a recognition of having arrived at a state, mm. and it's it's being blessed and empowered to go forth. Right. From that state, from a right. position of something like a pastor or a deacon or a whatever. Uh huh. Um, yeah. I was. I was a civil efficient was my title yesterday yeah. uh, by order of the Fairfax County uh, Court. Circuit Court Court. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. after posting $500 bond, uh, so I don't, uh, you know, skip marry people and skip town without sending the in the paperwork. That is yeah, I don't know. Something happened. Yeah. Something, something happened. That's how history goes. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was why, why would I have to post $500 bond to be a one day civil efficient in, in Fairfax County? I didn't have to do it because I was a lawyer. Mm. That's where you went wrong, Paul. Yeah, I should have gone to law school first, and then I could do the weddings. (laughs) If only you had known. (laughs) With with no bond. (laughs) Yeah, right. Just a whole bunch of student loans. Now, did you post post the actual cash, $500 cash? Yeah. Or did you you get a bondsman and pay them a fee? No, I I, I walked in with a couple of hundos and uh, (laughs) just... uh, a wad of cash. It was all ones. Well, it was crumpled up 20s. Does this work? Here's this. Is this good? Yep, that's how we Can I it. go now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a curious process, but one that was, uh, that was, uh, it was an interesting process to go through. It, it was easy. It's just paperwork, and I have to have a date to post bond? And, you know, there's this whole thing about you have to post bond. It can only be with these people. It can only be on this one date within 24 hours. It must be in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And all this, uh, your bond that you surrendered will be returned to you uh, once this paperwork is filed. Uh, and there's all of this kind of legalese, officious kind of stuff. And the very first word is, congratulations, <laughs> judge, what's his name, <laughs> has uh, ordered the court to grant you the authority to do this as a civil efficient in Fairfax County. So it's, and then it went into all the paperwork about the $500 and the yeah. Interesting. stay in the state, extending sure. a passport. You right. Know, so I'm sure that there's some sort of history about that. There has to be. There has to there be. There has yeah. to be. Uh, something, is, something happened. Somebody learned a lesson. A mistake yeah. was made. And Mistakes now we post made. bond in Fairfax County to be a civil efficient. Interesting. But that's a good segue into what we're talking about today. <laughs> posting, history. Posting bond? <laughs> no, I think we're here to talk about history. Um, but before we talk about history, it is sort of practice, I guess, on Faith Made Welcome. The first thing we do is introduce ourselves. We do. Um, and so there are only two familiar voices today for the Faith Made Welcome listeners, which is mine, Sherry Spiegel. And the increasingly familiar voice of Paul Fitzgerald. Indeed. 
Yes, but then we have a new voice to bring to the table. So who else do we have on today's podcast? Lonnie Rich. And who is Lonnie Rich? Well, I've waited all week to ask that question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because we're going to be talking ultimately about the sort of the history of Christianity, um, I should probably identify myself by my Christian bona fides first. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) let's do it. Uh, I was I was raised. (laughs) My father was a Baptist minister uh, in the Southern Baptist tradition. Mm -hmm. I was uh, I went to church every Sunday. I went church every uh, twice on Sunday. Ooh. I went to church on Wednesday night. I went to church on Tuesday night for visitation. Mm. I went to scouts on Thursday night. I seem, it seemed like growing up, I was at church every day. And Did you then ever I got go to, home? Yeah, well yeah. stooped. Well <laughs> yeah. and, and as soon as I got to be big enough where my dad couldn't make me go anymore, I bolted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I left the church probably for a decade and then and in the meantime i'd moved from memphis up to here and joined joined a church because i knew some people and mm-hmm. and it was so this was all in memphis it was mostly memphis okay. I, I lived all over the south okay mm-hmm. okay um, but have you always considered yourself baptist even yes. when you weren't going to a baptist yeah. church yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 did you know what Bapt- being Baptist was at the no, time? No. Yeah, because it's like when I was going <laughs> no. to Blue Throne, I just called the church. I didn't, you know, affiliate yeah. you. I mean, I didn't have a clue. And that's that, that was actually part of the reason for me even doing the course five years ago when I mm-hmm. did it for my church mm-hmm. was that I sort of had this, there were a couple things that came, uh, things that came together that sort of that were the impetus for that, that, that course. And one was the realization that I'd been a Baptist and a fairly active Baptist all my life, and I didn't know squat about my religion. I mean, right. I didn't about Baptists, much less the broader subject of Christianity and how, how were Baptists different from Methodists? Mm-hmm. Or how were you know mainstream Protestants different from uh, Latter-day Saints mm-hmm. and uh, Christian scientists? And, and even getting further afield, how were they different from Episcopalians and Catholics and 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 uh, and then, and then, how were Christians different from Buddhists and Jews and Muslims mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whatever? I mean, it was just I really didn't. I, you didn't know. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't, I didn't. I think that's one of the reasons I've been so interested in the class that you taught at Commonwealth Baptist because I came to the church I think after you did it, and um, we Eric and I now have been part of this church long enough. To where I guess I guess we can consider ourselves Baptist, but I'm still trying to figure out what that even means. You, you don't strongly disagree with anything that happens that, that has happened so far. This right. at, at that at our church. At our church. At our church. church. Right. Yes. So. Yes, but you take Baptist generally. Right. I mean, I am. Uh, I mean, I'm unalterably opposed to some of the ways and thinkings of some of my brother and sister Baptists. Right. right. And, well, and much closer to Unitarians and Lutherans and... Right. But, but yeah. Lutherans have their own split. We yeah. can, I, I can weigh in on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can weigh in on that one. Well, it's, I grew up, so I was for a long time, my, my mother was Methodist, United Methodist grown, and then my dad was uh, Catholic. 
And so for a long time, they would sort of take turns who was going to take us to church. And so I basically grew up one week Methodist, one week Catholic. Oh, wow. And it basically meant I did not know when the Lord's Prayer ended. Like, yeah, it was yeah. confusing. In right? one week, you had a personal relationship with Jesus. And the other <laughs> week, you had an intermediary. And yeah, then you had to go back to having it. Super. But I was confirmed <laughs> in the Methodist Church. But then somewhere, you know, we ended up, yeah. So now we're part of Commonwealth Baptist Church. But when I talk about it to people outside of our church, I often just refer to it as my faith community. Right. I think even when I first told you yeah, I was yeah. being ordained, yeah. it was like, so within I'm being ordained within my faith community. Because <laughs> Baptist means something uh, It does. To it, it has a lot of baggage. It does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the history of, of Baptist is, is really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I think I did a whole, one of my, I think my ninth lecture was on just the history of Baptist mm -hmm. within the U.S. mostly. But, and then my last uh, lecture was Commonwealth Baptist and, mm -hmm. and our church history. Or maybe I had them combined. I can't remember. But, right. But it was, um, but it, it's, a, it's a fascinating story. Yeah. Uh, uh, and 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 what's it, what's most interesting to me now about that whole subject is how Southern Baptists have, as Protestant as they were, mm -hmm. they have become Catholic. Oh. They are they they are modeling on the Catholic Church, which is a yeah. top-down hierarchical yeah. system. Right, right. And some of the principles that were so strongly Baptist separation of church and state. Southern Baptists have rejected that and they are now with the Catholics, like for federal funding of, of, of parochial schools, right? prayer in schools, mm -hmm. all these issues that traditionally Southern Baptists and Baptists generally were, were opposed to because they wanted to keep things separate right. in mm -hmm. their separate mm -hmm. spheres. Yeah. Um, because there are these kind of like pillars of what it means to be Baptist, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of them seems to be related to that idea of... The separate church state is one. The other one is uh, the authority of the local church mm -hmm. and the ultimate authority of the individual believer. Mm -hmm. the, the, the belief, basic belief in the direct pipeline that every individual has with, mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. and, and those are... Yeah. You mentioned a, a class that you taught. Yes. What was that? It was, was, it was that? about five years ago. What's the story behind that? Um, well, it, it, th there were a couple things that happened th about that time. I, I was a history major. Mm. And through all my life, I've always, and I was an American history major. Mm -hmm. I've read almost exclusively American history. That's, that's about all I read for many, many years. Well, I, I somehow launched into, I, I just decided I was gonna start reading something else. Mm. Right. And so I picked up, so I started reading English history, particularly English medieval history. Mm -hmm. and, and more broadly, medieval history. Well, part of that, a significant part of that history is the, is the relationship between church and state uh, and, and the history of Catholicism. Right. And, and then going back to this realization of what I know and know, don't know, I realized even more how little I knew about the, the history of my faith, the Christian faith. Right. Which, yes, there are differences among the various Christians, but I don't know, I didn't know squat about, about how we got from Jesus to, to my little church. Mm -hmm. Right. 
uh, and it was just a. And the other thing that happened was is that is that I'd married a Catholic, mm -hmm. an ex-Catholic. Mm -hmm. She's now a Baptist. Hi, Marsha. Yeah, yeah. Like me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and and one of the things that was interesting to me was that in her experience, she had never read the Bible, never in her whole life had read the Bible. Right. And nobody in her family had. It was not a tradition in their faith. Yeah. It was it was always left to the priest yeah. to right. read the Bible and tell you. Trusted to the priest. Uh, yeah. And, and but in in the Baptist tradition, I grew up. I mean, I read the Bible all the time, every Sunday. Mm -hmm. A lot of times during the week, we would my family would do it, and and so the, all the Bible stories were very familiar to me. Right. And and but now Marsha has my wife has she's read the Bible like five times in the last four or five years. Right. And I've never read it all the way through, not once. Right. So she's read cover so to cover. So she's read it cover to cover. Yeah. And 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 she's she's amazed. And, right. And and is really, but so that was part of it. And and the, but oh, but the, the Catholic connection. Mm -hmm. We started going to a place called Holy Cross Abbey. Uh huh. Which is run oh, by Cistercian right. monks, mm -hmm. Trappist monks. I'm always telling Paul about this place. Yeah, I've not yet been. And it and, is my holy place. And, I and think. we go for a weekend. We do it usually three. At least three times a year. Yeah, and we go for a weekend, a Friday afternoon to a Sunday afternoon, and there's no structure, but uh -huh. you can participate. You can go to their services as much as you want, or none. And and the the services are seven times a day, six times a day, and and they're all uh, Gregorian chant. Mm -hmm. It's just very different. It's a totally different tradition, right. but it's fascinating and yeah. it's very calming. Yeah. And and I, I live a fairly hectic life. When I go out there, it's like I have no nothing to do except what I want to do in the moment, mm -hmm. which is generally just read and walk and uh, repeat. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Eat and but not have to eat, choose eat, your meal. Yeah, eat, sleep, walk, and so, read. And so but yeah. but, the, but, yeah. but 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 uh, Holy Cross Abbey has a a fantastic library. They do. And it's eclectic. Mm -hmm. And but I but I started reading some of the history of the Catholic Church. Yeah, and and so I just it. I guess the, the other thing that was happening at the time was um, the sex scandals in the Catholic Church, mm. Mm -hmm. and and you have this institution that's been around for two thousand years, and they're going through lots of pain, and some of it they brought on themselves. Some of it is just the way humans are. Right. Uh, but so you had that phenomenon. And, but then the other thing that happened was that we had a new pope. Mm -hmm. And Francis, when he came, when he was named, he was a beacon of hope across faiths. Right. Not just across Christianity, but I think Jews, Muslims, I mm -hmm. think a lot of people felt a sigh of relief when he was appointed and it because it was he epitomized what you think of as the leader of a great faith mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he was he was he was a man of hope mm -hmm. and yes he had his he's got he's got his opinions but he but he's but he he but he's more interested in um, I guess just individual well-being and 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 um, just sort of having people 
live together right. uh, in, in, in tolerance. And, right. Uh, Community and inclusion kind right. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and it was just, it was such a breath of fresh air mm -hmm. that it, uh, that all those things made me just want to study this subject. And right. So yeah. I did. Yeah. So what made you sort of bring that study into like the form of a class at our church? Yeah, because that's different. That's next level. Right. Yeah. I mean, studying it is one thing. Well, uh, you, know, I, you know, that, that's a, I don't even remember the, the answer to that question. I think, I, I think it just, I just, I assume that I just suggested it. Yeah. Um, and, and then started putting it together. Mm -hmm. It was just something to do. I think we, 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 had, we had a lot of Bible study groups. Yeah, yeah. Uh, small groups. And this was just a variation on that theme. Right. Um, and it was something I was interested in, and mm -hmm. and it would, and it, and by doing a, a a teaching a class, it's it's a it's enforced discipline, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I had to prepare, yeah. And yeah. so I had them. I did them one you know one hour every Wednesday night for t for ten weeks. Yeah. And um, it's a long class. Yeah. It is so, a long class. Yeah, because earlier you said like at lecture nine, I talked. It was like, whoa, hang on, lecture nine, I'm right? It's like, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, this this was uh, well structured. This was well structured. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think you like? What do you think you get out of studying history? Why, why do you think it might be useful for people of faith to know their history? Um. Well, I'm not sure that it's useful. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> There's no practical value to it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I think that I think it's. Uh, I think many people tend to think that their their religion or 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 just about any subject is something that is that occurs sort of full blown. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize that things begin, occur, grow, exist, change. That they, they occur over time, and, and that, but it's never in a vacuum. Right. It's always it's always affected by other things. It's affected by things that went on before. Mm -hmm. It's affected by things that are going on at the same time. It's sort of in, and all this is in parallel, mm -hmm. and it, and it's. Um, uh, and and part of the reason that Christianity is that that the history of it is is fascinating to me is because it's been around for two thousand years. Right. It's last. I mean, there've been there are mm -hmm. a lot of are there there are several other uh, monotheistic religions right. th that were in existence at the time that Christianity was developing. Right. Some before and some at about the same time. Zoroastrianism and right. Mithraism. Were, were both in existence at the time. They're they're almost non-existent now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think there are like a hundred thousand Zoroastrians in wow. the world. I don't think there are any uh, Mithra right. worshippers anymore. But but so why does why does one group survive and mm -hmm. another group not? Uh, I mean, one easy answer that that the very devout will say, well, that's because we're right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's obvious we're right, and therefore it continues. Um, 
I, I think there's some other explanations that, right. that tend Does, to go Does it meaningfully with it. increase social function in some pragmatic way, you know? Right, uh, like what's there that's sustainable? Yeah, yeah. 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 What, what's asked of us and, and is there right. benefit to a society for doing, you know? It's all kinds of interesting ways yeah. that that can sort of go. But you know, one of the things, the another thing was that, that's, that's, that's interesting to me is just is just the idea of religion, mm-hmm. and its its relation to other subjects. Um, I think most people believe that the earliest forms of religion really grew out of and grew hand in hand with science. Mm-hmm. Science and religion were merged initially. Oh yeah. Sure. It was a, it was the stars. Right. It was the study of the stars. So it was astronomy and astrology, mm-hmm. and they they were hand in hand, mm-hmm. and and eventually they separated. Probably, I don't know when, but they, right. they did. Yeah. And, and now they're treated as different subjects, but but um, but then the but then the whole idea of what is religion, um, as a it, it's a it's a it's a belief or a worship in some something perceived as outside yourself or more powerful mm-hmm. than yourself. Um, and sometimes it's a person, sometimes it's, a, it's an idea. Uh, but but, it's, but that's, that's basically what religion is. And, and, but, but religions work uh, very differently. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that was another thing that was, that was fascinating. I never thought about it. I never thought about any of these things. Uh, until I started this study, right. like like religions of propitiation. Most of the Greek and Roman religions, they were they were polytheistic. Mm-hmm. They had lots of gods, mm-hmm. and they all served different functions. But 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 the but the propitiation was just honoring and glorifying God. It had nothing to do with what you believed, mm. or how you or your ethics. It had there were no rules. Right. You didn't have to behave a certain way because you believed in Zeus, mm-hmm. or you didn't have to believe that Zeus was something. You had to. You had to. You had to do your sacrifice. Right. You had to show public honor and glory, uh, but but that's that's different. But that's different from some of the the later religions mm-hmm. uh, that that uh, and, and the word the word is soteriological. Hmm. Soteriological religions, in which there is a salvation component, mm-hmm. and right. the salvation component is based on either works or faith, right. so beliefs or or works, and that whole faith and works thing is a big deal in Christianity. Yeah, and and, and in probably other religions, but I but it's but it's um, uh, but it, it's just interesting to see how it, how it all develops yeah. and, and I guess the another thing that's interesting about the early uh, b- about the the early time that that Christianity developed was was that you had these um, there, there had been a long history of mystery religions mm-hmm. and uh, the mystery religions probably the first one was were, were the Egyptians with Osiris and yeah. Iris uh-huh. and uh, the uh, the, the, the characteristics of the mystery religions tended to be uh, that there were ritual meals, ritual bathings or baptisms. Mm-hmm. There were 
uh, there was a, a Godhead and usually either a significant female who was either a mother or a consort. Mm. There was a death or near death and revival mm -hmm. of the God. Uh, those were some of the characteristics of the mystery religions. Sounds awfully familiar, right? Yeah, it does. It does. Sound <laughs> familiar. Uh, and and it's and I mean, there's and Mithraism was another mystery religion. It was monotheistic, but it was a mystery religion. And there's a, there's a debate as to whether it influenced Christianity or Christianity influenced mm. it. Right. Um, was it in the same place? I mean, was it? Yeah, it was. You know, it was the, among the, Levant, the the Romans. Levantine. You know, it was yeah. about the first to the fourth century. By by the time of Constantine, it had died out. Mm. So by mm. by the three hundred three thirties, Mithraism was mm. pretty mm -hmm. much gone, totally supplanted. Mm. Um, um, but I but I just think that that's that's all. But I think you really can't appreciate what Christianity is without understanding that. Um, one of the other things that, that, that uh, for the initial, I guess, understanding of Christianity is understanding sort of the state of Judaism. Mm -hmm. um, Judaism was the other great monotheistic faith. Th there's another word that, that I learned in the course of this study, and it's called henotheism. Hmm. Um, henotheism is is the belief that there's one God for you, but that other gods exist, hmm. but they're just not as powerful as yours. Right. And actually, Jews, the Jewish tradition is henotheistic. The hmm. Ten Commandments. The, one of the commandments is, "Thou shalt not know over the gods before me." That recognizes yeah, that there, there are, are other, other gods, gods. Yeah. right? But I'm choose my, this one. Yeah, my God true, is it? bigger than your gods. Yeah, and and it's and well, that's that's that's. Well, the Bible talks about that, right? Like the, these other priests of these other religions casting out demons, right? Or those aren't the real, you know? It's yeah. Like, what do you mean these other priests of these other religions casting out <laughs> demons? What else is out there? You <laughs> Who know, else it's is like, there? Yeah. What, I mean, who cares? Who casts out the demon, right? So as long as the demon gets out. As long as the demon gets out. So, uh, I mean, there's these little phrases, these little verses that are sort of tucked away in the in the New Testament. A lot of times, like that, where it's like, who are these other priests out there that are casting out these demons, following these other gods? You right. Know? Like and when we talked about the other day on this podcast, I think was like, you know, this passing comment, like, don't let the sorcerers do the work. Well, yeah, and know? yeah, and I mean, well, the the Exodus story, right? Uh, I mean, those priests are doing mystical acts as well you know during the plagues as, as far as that's written as far as i remember it in the text right um mm -hmm. it's pretty wild and even in the even in the movie right the ten <laughs> commandments you know the you know pharaoh's priests are doing their own their own little tricks things, too yeah. which is really really interesting yeah but i mean, I, th I you know i find the idea of knowing the history i, I think it for me it changes how you see the current day um, I know for a while I was doing a lot of history work just with my department, like Paul and I work at the same institution. Yeah. Uh, so I've been studying the English department and I sort of come to understand that the history, the history of my department, like changes kind of our working understanding of how the department works. Like mm -hmm. we think we know, um, 
we kind of have this sense that we know the history of it, but then you, when you actually start looking at the text and you look at the background, you start to realize we just make a lot of assumptions yeah. about the history based yeah. upon whatever it looks like today. And what is important to us today. Right. And what the, or what we're trying to do today and what the objectives are today. Right. And, um, I mean, when I was, you know, growing up in the, in the Lutheran tradition, uh, we knew we were Lutheran, but we didn't call it Lutheran because it was church. It was church, right. you know. Um, and uh, we we had the old history of it, which is you know there was this. We escaped Egypt and the Pharaohs. Fast forward, wise men, Jesus. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. And and then after that, Martin Luther nailed ninety five theses to the door. You know, there might have been a few things between there. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was never. We don't talk about those other things. Right, right. right. Okay, um, yeah. So, I mean, there was this kind of, there was five, it was 5,000 years of history that were sort of summarized in 10 minutes, you know, right. ten, 10 minutes. What's important here is go to church. And, the cliff and, notes. Yeah, what, what's important Blah, blah, here, blah, right? yada, yada, yada. The tilder, so to speak, as we, back you know, next the week. Yeah. As, as we need. Um, but um, when you were saying, Lonnie, about... Um, you know whether whether or not people read the Bible. It's like we we I, I thought about it. It's like when I remember back to elementary school and we had memorization exercises. We we had to memorize the books of the Bible in order. We did not read the books of the Bible, but we knew them: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Judges. <laughs> right. You know, it's like I could rattle them off like that. I didn't know a single thing that was in any one of them. Any one of them, you know. And a couple of key parables about walking on water and healing the sick. And there's a leper or two that makes an appearance. So you yeah. didn't grow up doing sword drills? No, no, no. I'm wondering no. if that's and kind of a Baptist thing. It seems like it, it might be. It may be. Yeah. It might be. But no, we... Oh, I did lots of sword drills. Yeah. We talked you, about you that. You line up. Yeah. And, and somebody gives you either a, a, a verse and, you, and you, you, you're standing at attention. You have to open your Bible. It's militaristic. Wow. It's uh, very regimented, and then you, and you find the scripture, and you put your finger on it, and you can step forward, and whoever steps wow. forward gets a brownie point. Right. Uh, and sometimes they would start with the scripture. Sometimes they would start with a a concept, and you would have to find a verse that to match that, the concept. Match the concept. Oh wow! See, you didn't know that's why you needed to know the Bible. That's what you need to know the books the of the order. Bible. I mean, yeah. That, Oh, we had to learn about books of the Bible. We missed the application Yeah, part. We, Yeah, it's like, and, I mean, and that's the history of my, my faith, you know, for the first half of my life was like, what do you mean application part? Is there, <laughs> application? Is there a lab to the lecture? Because so far I just... Uh, oh, biology professor. Yeah. 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 Like uh, yeah, we yeah, didn't, didn't do... Of that. We didn't get any of that. We didn't, I, we didn't do that either, but the first time I think I heard it talked about might have been Marty talking about yeah, doing Bible it. Drills. So yeah. it seems very common within, yeah, I mean, we bring it it's into like the Bible podcast drills. on occasion. What? Bible drills. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, that's one of the reasons that I think history is important, especially for a little church like ours. I think a lot of the folks at our church come with a lot of different faith backgrounds, right? And a lot of different traditions in general. Um, um, so trying to figure out even just understanding what our shared history is I guess mm -hmm. um, is useful I think to know what like how how things got us to here 
um, Beth sent me, um, our wonderful church administrator, Beth, um, she sent me the history of Commonwealth Baptist Church last night, and I started reading it. Uh, takes us back to 1907. Like 1908. 19, oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there might not be sword drills, but there are history drills history and Lonnie drills, won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so we I were mean, Second Baptist Church. Yeah. Um, yeah, because what was the deal with First Baptist Church? I, 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 we were, we, we were don't a talk mission. about First Baptist <laughs> right. Church. We were right. a mission. Right. Oh. Okay. So we, like, they basically, 10, 10 people from First Baptist created a mission. Yeah. And it was to expand the church. To create that's a how second. you grow. That's how, real, that's how Baptist grew, was by d divide and grow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's, I've always wondered about that because, you know, again, didn't grow up Baptist. And so I would drive through communities and there's always seems to be a first or a second Baptist yeah. in just about yeah, every yeah, town. Yeah, right. And it reminded me of going, growing, not growing up, but being at Virginia Tech where there's a place called Substation 2. And we always wondered, what's the deal with Substation 1? And no one knows. There's like kind of like a mythos about <coughs> it. Like maybe it burned down. Maybe it never existed. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get too far afield, I want to go back to a subject. Yeah. And that's the the history of of Judaism yeah. at the time that Jesus was born. Because mm -hmm. I think it's it's fascinating. And it really gets into a subject that we're going to talk about, the whole Advent subject. Right. In, Ju in Judaism, there had long been a, a prophecy of, of, of a Messiah. Mm -hmm. It's Old Testament. I mean, our Old Testament is a lot of it is in the the, the prophecies. The the last twenty books of the Old Testament are all prophecies. Right. And it's for the Messiah. And um, it, it it had been around for a long time. The other thing that was going on at the time was that between the time of the sort of the end of the Greek um, Empire mm -hmm. and the Romans taking over. Right. There was a period of time when the Jews were, they governed Israel. Mm -hmm. They were the Maccabees. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was like about 100 years. It was from about uh, 160 to 60 mm -hmm. BCE. So it was about 100 years. Right. And um, uh, it, it the when the when the when the Romans finally sort of took back over, uh, it was a shock to their to their system because mm. they thought that they had arrived, uh, or that they were. I mean, they were back. They were back into, you know, God's graces, and they, we're they done were, with these Romans, right? Done with <laughs> the done with the right. Greeks, we and and we and now we're in charge, and and then and then the Romans came in and suppressed them. Yeah. And, and so there was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of, of and, and the divisions within Judaism were, were pretty amazing. I mean, it, it's, it's just like every other religious group. They have their, I mean, today we have, you know, conservative, orthodox, and what's the other one? Mm. Among Jews, uh, there's conservative, anyway. But there's, there's basically three large groups now. But mm -hmm. back then you had, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, yeah. and the Zealots. Right. And um, 
Judas Iscariot was one of the zealots. Mm -hmm. John the Baptist was probably one of the Essenes. And, uh, and so, but, but all these groups had different ideas about how the world ought to be mm -hmm. and, and how Judaism ought to be in the world. And it largely related to its relationship to other people. The, 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 the Sadducees and Pharisees were more upper class, and they were, they were to some extent accommodationist. They were willing to accommodate because, so they, because they were in power, right. and they, but, but in order to stay in power, in, in order to preserve the faith as much as they could, they needed to cooperate with the Romans or the Greeks before them. Right. And so, so they were more, they were more accommodationist or integrationist, or and so they, and that meant also accepting some of their ways, not not exclusively, but, but right. to some extent. But then, but then the more purist, right, the Essenes and the Zealots, right, didn't want anything to do with that. Right. They only wanted to overthrow, and so, so and so, and and the other thing is that even at the, uh, I mean, there were a number of other messiahs. Uh, at or around that time. Yeah, um, I kind of wondered if we wanted to talk about like what a Messiah meant. Like what is, like, what is that word? Like, you know, like if the prophecies were calling for a Messiah and then there's this concept of there being multiple Messiahs, like what do we mean when we say Messiah? Messiah is the anointed one. Okay. It mean, that's what it means. Yeah. And there were two different views of what a messiah was. The majority view, the vast majority view was that it was a military leader. It was David. Right. It was it was it was somebody who was going to be and the messiah was going to be from the house of David. Right. And that was part of the reason that there was a little bit of reason why the Maccabees were somehow not legitimate because because they weren't from the house of David. They were from another another tribe. Right. So they could never be they were never going to really restore uh, Israel to its greatness because because they weren't they weren't from the house of David. Right. Uh, but uh, John the Baptist is sort of a ringer, right? A lot of people were like, "He's the Messiah, right?" And he's like, "No, there's going to one after me." Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. John the Baptist. Right. Got pegged a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like this idea. Like I think this is why we assumed the Anointed One, right? Like how the anointed one was going to come, like the idea of that anticipation of Jesus, people weren't expecting like the dude right. that arrives through the manger scene, right? Right, and part right. of part of Judas's whole issue, yeah, with Jesus was his disappointment in the end that he was going to be crucified like a criminal, right, and and not going to be a mighty king. Yeah. He was not going to slay. He was not going to slay Goliath. Right. Rome. It's not a King David moment, right? No. Yeah. And, but about a hundred years later, after Jesus, you do have that, that, that guy. And his yeah. name is Bar Kokhba. And it, his revolt was 132 to 135. His revolt, well, first of all, there was, the, there, was the, there was a Jewish revolt against Rome in 60. It was crushed. Right. There was another one about 60 years after that, and that was the Bar Kokhba. Revolt, and, right. and he, he, uh, he was he was a King David type, and he was crushed, yeah. also, uh, and, but but there were there were apparently lots of other people who claimed, you know, right. to be messiahs, and right? 
So, it, but but it's, it's fascinating how, you know, one but one guy sort of his story sticks. Right, and it's interesting because like that doesn't seem to be a dominant story that we talk about as Christianity. That, like, cr you know, Jesus Christ was was the Messiah that we kind of decided to hang our hat on. Like, we don't talk about like. You know, as you teach children about the history of the faith, you don't teach. There were a bunch of ones, messiahs, but we picked Jesus, and here's why, right? right. Like, yeah. So and we don't even know about him, right? I've like, never heard of any of these other people. Yeah. 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 Right. Like, so what do you think that's about? Like, why don't why don't we tell the story of the other messiahs? Um, history is written by the victors. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just, it's sort of like, why do we not have any of the literature of, uh, of the uh, heretical writers in the right. first, second, yeah. third, right, right. first, second century? Right. And we don't because they burned them all. Right. Well, the, the winners burned the books. Yeah. Of, and the only reason we know about them at all is because, because the apologist wrote about why the heretics were wrong. So, so from their that, argument, zero. Yeah. yeah. So from their yeah, argument really. of why these people were wrong, you can figure out what their argument was. Right. But you don't get it in the pure form. You get it in a, from a biased, right, point of view. Right. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, history is told through the victors. I mean, I think that's. I mean, I guess this is why, like, you know, in schools we don't have pictures of the presidents alongside who they ran against. Yeah, right. It's just right. the presidents. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. it will only be the president, right? Right, right, right. The, yeah, um, there's several, I mean, and, and once I actually started to read the Bible, you know, it, it gets interesting because you see all these little, oh, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. You know, you see these little phrases in there. You Did y'all read it, like, in the Lutheran church? No. Okay, no, that's interesting. No, no, yeah. no. Um, this you is just all knew recent. The books. Recent, yeah, yeah, we just knew the books. Um, and uh, the, these interesting things like, because we, we always have heard of Jesus as Jesus of Nazareth, right? And if you actually read it, it's like, and then they went to Nazareth, you know, to fulfill the prophecy. Yeah. It's like, so if you're going to be the Messiah, you better spend some time in Nazareth because <laughs> there's this prophecy that says you need to go. So it's, it's curious, you know. Um, you know I, I kept all the, all the disciples alive except for one, Judas, you know, to fulfill the prophecy. You right. know, that one. It, it's interesting, that little phrase, to fulfill the prophecy comes up so often in the New Testament, you mm -hmm. know, referring back to those prophetic, prophetic words, almost like it, it is making an argument that, you know, prophecy, you know, but the right. way that it's pitched, it's like, they went, they, they did that to fulfill the prophecy. It's like, did they go there to fulfill the prophecy? Or if they didn't know about the prophecy, would they have? Go? So it, it, it gives this interesting, um, which direction does the arrow go sort of relationship yeah. between the, the story and the, and the telling of it which was years later. I mean, right. these aren't people walking around following Jesus, writing down what he did, you know? Right. Um, but the way that it's couched in the narrative is, is curious sometimes. It's yeah. neat, it's neat. Yeah, well, I do think that there is a tendency like within the Christian narrative to like, especially when we talk about the, the Old Testament, we like to see it through the lens of Jesus. So we like, yeah. we backwards yeah. designed yeah. the Old Testament that, through the lens yeah, of Jesus. Yeah, that's what they right. did tell us. Like, if, if you read the Bible, read the New Testament first and then go back and read the Old Testament because yeah. the New Testament's where the good stuff is. is what they yeah. Well, sometimes they only hand out the New Testament like. And Psalms. Right, yes. which is a curious <laughs> choice, right? Psalms, prover Proverbs, <laughs> maybe numbers, and the New Testament. Right, maybe numbers. And yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting even look at how we tackle history to be like, yeah. 
These psalms, these are some nice songs. It'll be cool. You can have those. But what you really need is a story about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, I think part of what we're, we're doing now, like we're recording this on the fine Halloween holiday, but we're starting to look forward to another fine holiday, um, which is, or really a season, I guess, of Advent. Um, and so I think that's another one of the topics that we thought we could start tackling uh, is sort of using uh, these conversations as a as a entry point into Advent. Um, but when we were emailing about this, Lonnie, you talked about how we could tackle this two ways. We could talk about the history of Advent within the church and especially within the Baptist church, but also the idea that Advent, there was a period of Advent leading to the arrival of Jesus. And I think we've sort of touched on that a little bit, but I wonder if we should talk about what the word Advent, like what that means. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com.